0: it's interesting as we we came to the, the, what was it, 4.30 prayer meeting here and and Joel was like, I just, I want us to turn this prayer meeting here, not just praying for the service, but for God to do something bigger than all of us for renewal. And it's just as I was coming, the, how I I felt to just encourage was Mark Sayers, uh, you know, can we say a friend of ours? (laughs) Someone we, we both highly respect. Uh, He talks about moving from a consuming culture to a contending culture, which is the posture of believing for renewal. And he highlights three movements that happen and three critical components. And so this this is an encouragement that this is who your pastors are. But this is, I know this is so alive in, in this church and for us to lean into. And so the three postures, number one is sacrificial. So moving from this consumer culture of our world to a contending culture of the kingdom, uh, firstly, sacrificial, secondly, risk-taking, and no one plants a church who's uh, not taking a large step of risk, Uh, and thirdly, responsibility embracing, and these are three postures that That sayers would talk about that are critical for us to be people who contend for renewal and so thank you Joel and Michaela for being people who own these postures and who are setting a tone and so I just I want to echo your heart and your prayers and so so father we we thank you for your incredible love for humanity Lord, I thank you that your call comes loud and strong, and I thank you that here in this church and here in these pastors and in these congregation members here, Lord, that, that there are ears to hear the call that comes from heaven. And so, Lord, I thank you that that would be heard afresh and that there would be a lean-in in each of us, Lord, truly to be people who could say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are glorious and wonderful. And we pray together for your kingdom to come, your will to be done here on earth. And so we ask for that, Lord, as we as we posture, as we lean into the victory that has already been won. Lord, I pray that in this church, in these people, there would be the the continuation, the moving forward of the victory of Christ. Lord, that we would see into these suburbs again, Your kingdom coming, Your love, Your grace, Your mercy, alive in Your people, flowing through Your people. Lord, Your kingdom coming, Your will being done. And so Lord, help us to be a people that do contend for renewal for a glorious work of your spirit that's bigger than all of us. We honor you and we love you. We celebrate you tonight, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, if we can, uh, thanks, Luke. If we can, we'll jump to the, the next one. And we have a, uh, a definition here of spiritual formation. Some of you have read Invitation to a Journey, great book by uh, Mulholland. And so here we have a, a, a great definition of spiritual formation. So we have a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. A process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others others. Now hold that in mind. We're gonna come back to this and, and first I, I want to set the tone in scripture before we continue here and springboard from, from God's word. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into and so this is just if you if you like taking photo of that and then you like looking stuff up through the week, etc. Uh, you can do that. We're gonna go through these scriptures together now. So Galatians two twenty, I have been crucified with Christ, And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, I beg you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, your whole selves, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Two Thessalonians, one, three. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Psalm 139, 23 to 24. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. John ten, ten, the words of Jesus saying, The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, I have come that they, that you, that we may have life and have it to the full. Romans 8, 10 to 11 but if Christ is in you then even though your body is subject to death because of sin the spirit gives life because of righteousness and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you ephesians 4:22 then 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Colossians 3, 5 to 10. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. And here's a few examples. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves. Here's a few more things, a few more examples. Rid yourselves of such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self With its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Spiritual formation is a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others, and in this regard. I want us to hear God calling us to even greater freedom. Even greater freedom. That tonight we would hear His call, each and every one of us, again, to even greater freedom. And for us to own that, that we are a work of art and a work in progress right at the same time that in in order for us to be able to present ourselves to God for him to be able to transform us we've got to know that we can trust him and there is a foundation of love that allows us to, to come to God knowing we can trust Him because we are fully loved through all that Christ has done for us. We can see the, the love of God and to know that we are loved, we're, we're created in His image. We are a work of art. and So we can present ourselves to God, not presenting a false self or presenting just the pieces that we, we think are, are okay for Him to see. But we can come and present our whole selves before Him because we know we're loved regardless. In Renovation of the Heart, here's a few things that Dallas Willard says. He says, The revolution of Jesus is a revolution of character which changes people from the inside through personal relationships with God in Christ and with others. It's a revolution that changes ideas, beliefs, feelings, habits of choice, bodily actions, as well as social relationships. Genuine transformation of the whole person into the goodness and power seen in Jesus remains the necessary goal of human life. Once our spirit becomes alive in God through Christ, the lengthy process of subduing all aspects of the self under God can begin. This is the process of spiritual formation. The aim of spiritual formation is to bring every element of our being inside and out into harmony with the will of God and the kingdom of God. You just knew... Luke is just flowing with his prophetic gift uh, today. Would you like to take the microphone as well? uh, I think it might be better. It's uh, on fire. Okay, so here here we have. And so first of all, I want you to look at the heart. And so in the heart here, what we have is is this is representing a person who has surrendered their life to Christ. So a decision that I, I... think we've made here today where we 've gone i'm a sinner who needs a savior jesus i 'm in i 'm doing this christian thing I'm a, I'm a follower of jesus and and so there is this, this glorious moment where all of heaven rejoices when we when we make that Decision when we repent before our Almighty God and we receive the perfect and finished work of Christ, and so it is this this glorious moment, and so that then triggers and starts the ongoing work of sanctification of all parts of us now being rendered and transformed and shaped to look more and more like Jesus, and this is the process of spiritual formation, is a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. And so God begins his work inside of us. And there is a, there is a, a miracle as we are made like Christ and then we are continued to be made like Christ. Christ. And, and we have this, this beautiful work of God that starts and then as we allow it, it does not stop. As we partner with Him, His work continues. And so we have freedom, power and life in the Spirit where once we were stuck under the grip of the flesh, there is now this beautiful work of the Spirit of God where we maybe were motivated by gain as, we, as humans are more selfish than we would care to admit. And our actions, however noble they may seem, can be this this subtle motivated by gain, what's in it for me? And then the work of God begins and and the perfect love of God begins transforming and changing so that we can actually be motivated by love and and maybe gain is not going to be the outcome because that's not what we're aiming for. But if we're motivated by His love, following His call, then that is where we are called to live. And and where there were me-centered ways of being and now, jesus would be made central in all the different aspects of our lives and then you see this this work that continues and and instead of it just being the fruit of my efforts and this project self that is under work to try and crowbar parts of my world and everything into place where now it's not the fruit of my efforts but it's the work of the spirit that then produces the fruit Of the Spirit, and it's the life of God alive in us and then flowing through us. And there is this this glorious work that then is designed to flow out into every part of who we are. Every part of who we are. And so then you can see in the blue, this is how we rock up in the world, this is the us that people see our ways of being, our practices, our habits, and God wants to get into each and every one of them and bring transformation where there's a touch of death, a touch of selfishness, a touch of the old or our family of origin that just seems like a normal way to live because that's what we were raised in but it's outside of his kingdom best God wants access through a work of his spirit to bring freedom. And so, hear the call to even greater freedom. And so, have a look at, at all those. I'll come back here and look with you. So, every part of our lives, our whole selves that we would present, our body is a living sacrifice, our whole self. And this represents just. A big chunk of who we are, and God's asking for it all. So, what what happens in you as you look at this? What's uh what's the response? Is it to I want to run? Is it the no? I'm actually pretty good. That's probably the scariest response. <laughs> is it uh is it demotivating? I I handed out, uh, we printed this off as a worksheet and we have a a Wednesday night prayer meeting at HH and uh, one of our beautiful mature ladies, a little like Pat, uh, this wasn't Pat, this one okay, so I'm not just hinting that it was Pat, Um, another one of our beautiful mature ladies uh, got the the worksheet that actually looked a bit like this one and and I just gave us some moments to sit with this and, and just ask Holy Spirit just hey, God, where are you wanting to bring greater freedom into me? And I was just explaining this, and she sat and looked at the sheet, and then I heard an audible groan. (laughs) Audible (laughs) groan. Afterwards, I went up and and just said, that was funny. Um, That was uh, was a loud groan, what was happening. And she was like, I looked at the sheet, and I just went, oh, Lord, all of it. Uh, I need you in all of it. And this is a, someone who's been walking with God for decades and been through some really high highs and some really low lows and is more beautiful now than at any other stage of her Christian journey as she's just allowing this continued work of the Spirit to be transformed into the image of Christ. And man, could we be those type of people? And this again, this is, this is how Pat's living her life, just saying, here I am, Lord, do your best work in me transform me today. And and can you imagine if every Christian owned this reality where we go, tomorrow, I want to look a little more like Jesus. And the next day, And the next day, and I'm not letting anything of the old, any part of the old self, I'm not letting anything cling to me that Jesus has paid the price for my freedom in. And so I'm going to present it before you, God, saying, come and do your best, best work to set me free for your glory. Because we're in this glorious process where the work is complete, but we allow that work to be completed in us. And there's a process of being formed, in the image of Christ. And the reason this is so important is because it's for the sake of others. The greatest gift we can give to the world is our transforming self, not our striving self, our transforming self where we are surrendered. And I love there's such a beautiful heart in this church, this heart posture before the Lord. It's like, here I am, God, do your best work in me. Transform me for your glory and where we're not trying to hide, we're not trying to pretend, we're not trying to bring a nice, neat package before God because ultimately it's the truth that sets us free. And so if we're not bringing our truth to Him, we're bringing a false self, then the real us isn't being transformed. And so we've got to be comfortable enough before God to bring our true self and to say, you know what, there are some attitudes in me that fall short of your glory, God. And so I've got to just bring that before you and say, Lord, I repent, do a work in me, form those attitudes to look more like your attitudes, Jesus. There are some things that live in my mind that fall short of your best. Some thought patterns that head in directions that I wouldn't like put up on the screen here. And so, Lord, I surrender that to you. Come, Holy Spirit, do your best work to transform me into the image of Christ. Transform me more and more to be more like Jesus. And man, this is, as I chat with different pastors and and hear about a work that God is wanting to do in his church, That this is a moment where God is wanting to have us as his people incline our ear and really listen to the fine tuning that he wants to do to the works of freedom that He is calling us to. As He calls and says, come on, I have more. There's greater freedom. Like we're so excited for the freedom that we've tasted and experienced. But it's like Christ has won the ultimate victory and a price has been paid for you to take a hold of greater freedom, of greater power, because it's this glorious process that we're on. And on the flip side, this is for the sake of of others. And as we look more like Jesus, others are more blessed. The greatest gift that a husband can give to his wife is to look a little more like Jesus tomorrow than he did today. The greatest gift a wife can give to their husband is to look a little more like Jesus tomorrow, to allow that work of the Spirit and to be alive on that journey. The greatest gift we can give our neighbours, our work colleagues, our kids, is to allow this work of the Spirit to continue to transform us into the glorious, beautiful, perfect image of Christ. And I love this is not a work that we have to crowbar into existence. This is a posture of surrender to allow work of the Spirit to continue and he who began a good work in you will carry it on to a point of completion as we own that posture of surrender. Say, so God, here I am, broken. And God, you, you know my thoughts. God, I submit them before you. I surrender them to you. I need miracles in my mind. Well, you know, this part of me that, that keeps trekking in this direction God, uh, I need some miracles, and and trusting Him to guide and lead, and and then us taking practical, intentional steps to own the victory, to have the conversation with the right person, to lock in the, the discipline, the practice that He's calling us to, to, to do the whatever's in response. And man, the Holy Spirit will guide us graciously and gloriously as we allow Him, and we live in that active point of surrender. And this is, this is a, a moment where I truly, believe god across his body is calling and it's for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear to respond in a greater level of humility and owning our brokenness in the flesh to then own the victory of what christ has done and it's this radical humility before god where there's no pretending anymore there's no Christian show, there's no Christian ease and, and pr- feeling like we have to just put on our Christian skin, but to, to whatever it is to put off all of the old self and to allow again, Holy Spirit, to do the gracious work in us. And so when you look here, are there some places that God's calling you to to hand over the reins a little more, to, you know, I was, I went to pray for someone uh, a couple of weeks ago and we'd had a great conversation in my office and um, we'd finished off and, and I said, hey, let me just finish by praying for you. And, and so I sat next to him and, put my hand on his shoulder, and I went to start talking straight away. And I just felt, Holy Spirit, into my head, don't be presumptuous. Now, I've never said the word presumptuous. I don't think out loud. And I have quite a bit since I felt God say that to me. Don't be presumptuous. And I'm like, I was feeling good that I remembered to pray for this person and, uh, and not just talk and, and have a good chat. And, and uh, hey, on we go with the rest of our day. And but I as I was afterwards, I was like, God, what was, what was that about? And I just felt like the Holy Spirit just in, impressed in my heart. Like, don't think so quickly, Jace, that you know how to pray for this person. Like, I didn't even lean into, okay, Lord, what do you want me to pray? I was just like, I'm good, God. I've got this figured out. I, I know people. <laughs> I, and, and again, that, that's, that's happening all behind the scenes in my subconscious. And, and so that then there's a, there's a prompting that there's an even greater level of surrender for me to have in those pastoring moments to just pause and then say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me as I pray right now? And for this to be an internal disposition where I was maybe just being a little more mechanical and going through the motions here. And again, God can move through any prayer. We don't have to get it right for him to move. Otherwise we're all in trouble. Don't be presumptuous. It's one of the kind, fatherly things that God said to me recently is, there's somewhere in your world where you're just acting too quickly and maybe there's a, a pausing posture, holding yourself before the Lord posture. Here's another one that God's challenged me on. This is just my public confession. Uh, I have 87 things I want to share with you that I, <laughs> Uh, so I I have a soft heart. I don't know if that's weird to say. I don't know it's like saying, I'm really humble. I don't know, can you say you've got a... Yeah, I think it's all right to say you've got a soft heart. It's not the same. Um, I gotta, and so with that comes a, a leaning, like an easy leaning towards people pleasing. And it's a... Which is a really dangerous disposition when you have to lead and not bow to the expectations of people. It, it, you know It does matter if people like us. If you can... Better to to be likable than an absolute jerk. So the, there's there's a balance here, but obviously our motivation isn't for people to like us; it's to do the will of God, and and so that's a, a challenge. And I was I'm a carpenter, and, and so I was doing some building stuff at home, and and I like I naturally don't like reading, and the challenge with the Bible is it's a book that requires reading, and so my my natural disposition is I just don't. I don't read for pleasure. Uh, my eyes looking at words on pages is just not an enjoyable process for me. So I've had to climb over myself to read the word and build ha- habits in that. But uh, I-, I still could read a whole lot more scripture. So I lean more towards prayer because my eyes don't have to read unless everything's liturgical, and then they do, which is probably why I wasn't naturally born an Anglican. It's uh, although I do love liturgy, and that has increased in my world dramatically. So uh, it's God's sense of humor. So all of that to say, I was doing some carpentry and I was like, I should listen to the Bible. And so I listened to Galatians, the book of Galatians four times over and over just while I was doing some, some carpentry stuff, had the headphones on. And so Galatians 1.10 and Apostle Paul here saying, If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And it was as I'm holding this stuff before the Lord, I've like been in and around this message and God doing things in me and sharing it in some different contexts. And so um, the work's been going deeper uh, in me. And, and so I was holding this kind of the people-pleasing thing before the Lord and God, would you help me uh, where, where it, it just like dialed down that voice and dial up your voice and and help me to lead lovingly, but with appropriate strength, you know, all, all of that stuff. And, and here, if I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And it was one of those moments going, God, I thank you for what you did in the Apostle Paul. Lord, I thank you for the strength that you forged in him. And Lord, would you build that in me where there is a breaking down of fearing what people are gonna think if I do or don't do this or managing the expectations of, of, all, of the, all the people, all the things. And God, my, would you stir in me a fresher heart just to, to serve you, to follow you, to do what you lead and what you guide. And, and so, he, those are a few things that God's doing in me. And so, when you look here, what stirs for you? So, as we, as we wrap this together, can I encourage us to respond to the gracious and loving call of God into even greater freedom, even greater freedom, that we would lean into the work of transformation that has started so that God would continue that work in us. And every time we're prompted, every time we become aware of a thought or an action that falls short of Christ-likeness, that it would not be a point of, depending on our personality, a point of just ignoring it, a point of dismissal or a point of pushing ourselves down, saying I'm never going to be good enough. But instead of all of those unhealthy ways of dealing with that moment, when there's a realisation that we've fallen short, that we would just simply hold it before God quickly in that moment, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. Do a gracious work in me, form me into the image of Christ and get on your way. And then if there's a repeated pattern, then yes, we need to do some more work and chat with the pastor and, and you I think you guys are mature enough to kind of know what to do in that, but where we refuse to stay stuck and where there are these moments where we've thought or acted or reacted in a way. That was less than Christ-like, that we would take it as a moment where this is the spotlight of heaven. This is a gracious gift from God to reveal an area of brokenness or unformedness in me that God wants to bring transformation in. So I am making the most of this moment and surrendering myself before you, God. And you may be at work, and that may be a 10-second moment Or you may be at home and you've got some space to engage with God. But Lord, do this work in us. And so I thank you. Just close your eyes just where you are. Lord, I I thank you that you're graciously calling us near. I thank you none of this is built on our perfection, our getting it right. Father, we thank you that this is possible through the perfect and finished work of your son. And so Jesus, we honour you. We thank you that you have made a way. And so we open our hearts afresh for a beautiful work of your Spirit. We thank you, you're guiding us into greater freedom. And we thank you, Lord, that not just here, but Lord, across the body of Christ, there would be this call that is heard to a freedom in Christ. God, where the beautiful church would beautifully reflect the beautiful sun That the world would see something in us which reveals your glory. And so continue this work in us. Continue this work in us as we put off our old selves and as we step into the new. Be glorified and honoured as we do. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.